0: Going and talking to people at trade shows, even at Career Fair at MIT, which people usually think, "Oh, you're going there to find a job." Uh, but I mean, there's always a lot of people, uh, specifically in the like the tough tech companies, um, where they'll have a systems engineer there. They'll have someone who's there, and just talking to them has been has helped me connect with a lot of companies already and kind of understand what their problems are.
1: Welcome to the Founder's Couch. This is WNBR Cambridge 88.1 FM, WNBR.org. I'm your host, Chelsea Watanabe. We are back for season two, and I couldn't be more excited to debut as co-host of this show. This show was started last year by a high school classmate of mine, Catherine Jiang, who's a senior at Stanford. And we're now expanding to MIT here on the East Coast. So many university students have created something, yet most of us do not know about these incredible endeavors. Founders Couch hopes to shed a light on these journeys, stories, lessons, and provide a platform where others interested in entrepreneurship can listen in and be inspired. Now, before I jump into introducing my first guest of the season today, I wanted to spend some time to talk about why we're expanding to MIT. When I first heard Catherine's season one episode on Spotify, I was really amazed by the guest speakers, diverse passions and interesting backgrounds. As I listened, I couldn't help but to think of the innovative, creative quirkiness that MIT students are so well-known for, and decided to reach out to Catherine and help bring the show to our campus. So cheers to kicking off season two of The Founder's Couch, a coast-to-coast show about Stanford and MIT student entrepreneurs and their intrepid journeys of starting their own thing. Today, we'll be talking to Miles Stapleberg. Miles is a junior here at MIT who hails from California. He, along with three others, is creating a company called NanoCap that is making a new type of material by combining nanotubes and metals to form composites. Most people think you must have a PhD or extensive research experience to start a metallurgical company. And Miles is one counterexample to that assumption. Now, I can't wait to dive into this and learn more about how Miles found his team and NanoCap as an undergrad for the past three years. So let's get him on the couch. Hi, Miles. Thank you so much for coming on this show.
0: Yeah, thanks so much for having me.
1: How are you doing today?
0: Uh, You know, I'm excited. for This is my first interview podcast as well, so I guess we're both going in uh, new and sort of unprepared, but I'm excited.
1: Great. So just to give our listeners a little bit of background, um, can you tell us a bit about where you're from and um, how you came to MIT?
0: Yeah, so I'm from Southern California, uh, particularly Orange County, California. So just about 20 miles south of L.A. Uh, and before MIT, I was always interested in cars and computers and just building things. Um, and I mean, MIT is one of the few places left that like really has resources for people to build and tinker. Uh, and that's especially what I felt like when I visited here. Um, not a not many other places really had that environment that lets you just mess around with cool stuff that you found. Like they have so many hobby shops, maker lounges, and stuff. And I just felt at home.
1: Great. So, what was your inspiration behind NanoCap?
0: Uh, so I first was working with a postdoc here at MIT, uh, a, someone who got their PhD and is now at the institute to just do their research, um, and. Through this research opportunity, I saw that he had this really cool idea that he had been working on for the past 10 years um, in Korea. And, you know, uh, that combined with uh, the new fusion um, power startup that MIT is really focusing on, I was like, well, these materials are great and can fix that problem in 10 to 15 years. Uh, but how about we get something ready so that by the time uh, products like the MIT fusion power startup called uh, Commonwealth Fusion Systems. Uh, by the time they're ready and they need the materials, we, we could be ready to supply them.
1: So what is your product exactly?
0: Uh, so the product in the far-reaching like next 10 to 15 years are high-temperature materials that don't corrode, resistant to, uh, are resistant to radiation, um, and keep their shape at Temperatures above like thirteen to fourteen hundred Celsius, uh, but to get there, we we first have to find like a set of interim products that can really help develop the technology even more and get the scale um, to where we need. Um, and so right now, we're the the main thing that we're doing, and it's aligned with the philosophy of like the lean startup, which is uh, a really good book uh, written by Eric Reese. Um, right now, we're just doing customer research and asking customers about what they want, because our process isn't material specific. Uh, we can take a material, put additives in it, and have it perform anywhere from one to ten times better than before in a various range of metrics. So you can have a material be five times as hard, still as ductile as before, so you can bend it, but it's also way better at transferring heat and other things, and this sounds like a really great idea. and you, one would think like, oh, you can just start a company off of it. But a lot of companies kind of fail when you have just a great idea and you just push for it. So instead of getting, putting our, 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 cart before our horses, we, we really are focusing on finding what people actually need and what people want and what's the best way to get to the first product so that we can eventually get to that long-term goal of making these high temperature, super alloys, which sound fun and are really amazing to work on.
1: So you mentioned a bit about some nuclear applications. What are some other industries that you're looking into now?
0: Yeah, so besides the fusion uh, energy, we're also looking at aerospace because uh, they have a demand for lightweight super materials. Uh, but we are also looking at electronics, jewelry, uh, because we can we can really make precious metals quite good and better than what current ment- uh, conventional methods are used for improving them. Uh, But besides that, we're also looking at energy, uh, transportation, um, et cetera. So really anywhere where you use metals, uh, we're investigating and seeing where we can improve and offer customers a way to improve their own products with ours.
1: How is your company's material so different from other existing metal composites in the market right now?
0: yeah so i mean the, the current composites right now you if you hear the term you think of carbon fiber where it's a resin and a f- uh, fiber from like uh, purified uh, oil um, but ours is mixing metals and tubes uh, in the past we've made aluminum nanotube composites uh, and by the way that we mix the two we we can get properties that haven't been seen before we can make a material that's strong and stiff but also ductile which seems like they're counterintuitive and mutually exclusive but uh, with our process it's um, we're effectively making these materials uh, perform in ways that don't make sense Um, and the way that you do this is kind of complicated but i mean materials break when you have um, a material bend beyond its um, elastic region so if you if you say you uh, get like an airhead and you bend it At the point where you bend it, it'll start turning white and it'll kind of get like porous and you notice the bend mark. That white change in color is uh, what happens when you get plastic deformation and um, what our additives do is it stops that from happening. So all the deformation gets contained and you really end up with a material that can still bend and be pliable, but it doesn't lose its shape. It goes back to where it was originally. and while this has been theorized and hypothesized in the past it hasn't really been done at least on a large scale um and what we've done is we've demonstrated a material that can be scaled up because uh, i mean in the past we've made 500 kilograms of this at once um, multiple times so you can make car wheels and other stuff out of it but it also does perform to a certain level of um compared to uh there's materials nowadays that are being released and in, and in published in like the top journals nature and science that have ridiculous properties like things that are 2000 times more wear resistant than diamond but I mean they can only make like half a gram maybe 500 milligrams at most Um, and it costs thousands of dollars and needs hours and weeks of time so you're never gonna really see that in the market in its current state Um, but what we're doing is we're bringing those materials to the mass market using different methods. Um, and I can't really go into those, but uh, that's what's kind of exciting. Um, and I've come in kind of later on in the the research process. So right now my job is while I am developing new materials, it's really getting the ones that have well, been well established and finding a home for them and finding a place where they can be used. and just getting it up to snuff for uh, testing purposes and talking to the customers. And that that involves a lot of going and talking to people at trade shows, even at career fair at MIT, which people usually think, oh, you're going there to find a job. Uh, but, I mean, there's always a lot of people, uh, specifically in the, like the tough tech companies, um, where they'll have a systems engineer there. They'll have someone who's there, and just talking to them is and has helped me connect with a lot of companies already and kind of understand what their problems are.
1: So it sounds like you've been working on this on campus. Where exactly is your lab and who have you been working with?
0: Yeah, so uh, our lab is on Albany Street. It's where all of the nuclear research is uh, and a bunch of abandoned cracker and cheese factories. Uh, I think Oreos were made there in the early 1900s. But um, yeah, so it's just you. There's we're right next to a nuclear reactor, um, and we have this little lab with uh, uh, a postdoc who's now a research scientist here at MIT, um, named Dr. Kong Pyo So, and he's the person I work with most closely. But then I also have two advisors: one Professor Julie and the other one Professor Mike Short. Yeah, and uh, they um, they're my advisors, co-PIs, and together the the four of us are really like developing these materials so that uh, we achieve that long-term goal in the 10-15 year timeline, but also have other products ready um, by then.
1: You're listening to Founders Couch on WNBR Cambridge. I'm your host, Chelsea Watanabe, here today with Miles Stapleberg, a student entrepreneur at MIT. So how did you hear about this opportunity? And... How does it relate to what you're studying right now in school?
0: Yeah, so uh, I first heard about this opportunity when speaking to my academic advisor um, in the Nuclear Science and Engineering Department at MIT, and I had just for the past year before been in a research position, an undergraduate position at a lab in mechanical engineering, and I was I was kind of dissatisfied with what we were doing. It was It just wasn't really going anywhere so I asked my advisor and like look I'm working with carbon nanotubes is there anything specifically to metals or fusion that uh, I could get into in terms of research and he's like yeah I mean the professor right over to the left of me he that's exactly what he does and so we walked over together to the the professor next door who became my uh, research advisor uh, professor Julie and uh, just walked in and within five minutes I had a new opportunity and uh, That was about a year and a half ago yeah about a year and a half ago and I've been there since and yeah it's it's really awesome it it my major is really focused on making structural materials for nuclear reactors and other um, radiation resistant uh, high temperature areas Um, but the but yeah, so the, the coursework is focusing on materials, and my research is focusing on the, the advanced materials. So they really go together uh, now, which I'm really enjoying. Because there are there's some times where, because of my research, the classes is easier. And sometimes the class makes my research easier. So the fact that they kind of work together, it's, it's, uh, it, it really makes my time appear a lot more efficient, because it, there, it's, everything's more streamlined to one area.
1: So who are some of the other co-founders that you're working with? And what's your role in this company?
0: Yeah, so at the moment, it's uh, two professors who are my research and academic advisors, uh, respectively. And that's uh, Professor Julie and uh, Professor Mike Short. And they're both in the nuclear science and engineering departments, uh, as well as the materials science and engineering departments at MIT. And then there's another uh, doctor named uh, Dr. So. Uh, Dr. Kang who's a who's now a research scientist here at MIT, and so the four of us have kind of been working on this for the past year and a half, and um, now it's my my job's mainly getting the, the the material process down and really transferring it to the mass scale, and also just talking to customers because right now we can make materials, we we can take pretty pretty much any metal and make it better, but. It's a matter of which material is the best one to start with, and um, by focusing on really understanding what the customer needs, we save a lot of money, we save a lot of time, and it allows us to start up and set up a company without a ton of funding. I, uh, I mean, we're we're doing this with self funding. We don't we don't really need any VCs at the moment because, I mean, right now we we we're just focusing on what product will make us the most amount of money and get us the most amount of exposure and experience uh, with the least amount of risk. And figuring this out first is what's really setting us up for success hopefully.
1: I thought it would be fun to do a speed question round with you, Miles. So also with a few more questions about your life here at MIT. So are you ready? Shoot. Okay. First question: What is your most memorable experience at MIT so far?
0: I'd have to say, uh, probably seeing a lot of my friends graduate um, or get their PhDs. Uh, we, in the past year, there's been uh, three or four people in my lab get their their doctorates, and it's it's been really cool to see them like work for the past. I mean, they were they've been working for five six years to do all this and. I only have seen them in the later stages of their time here, so they, they were pretty miserable. And then to see their faces of happiness after, it was it was uh, refreshing. It kind of puts perspective for me so that I'm like, it gives me something to look forward to. Obviously, I don't know if I'll get a PhD, but just graduating in general sounds pretty nice.
1: What's your favorite class at MIT and why?
0: Uh, I'd have to say my favorite class is radiation damage and materials. Um, or the number is like 2274 Um, and I'm taking it this semester and it's being taught by this research scientist from Idaho national labs. And that's where if there's anything nuclear that's being developed in the U S it's done there. And uh, he's a really cool guy. He's like the number one person in the world for making fuels and to have someone like that teaching me a course on materials and how they interact with radiation. It's just awesome. Like he knows everything about it. So, really enjoying that class.
1: Where's your favorite place to do work on campus?
0: Uh, So the nuclear science department's really small. um, And so we have this small little undergraduate lounge that we effectively call the Chateau. And it always has goodies. It always has coffee, uh, has some tea sometimes when coffee is not the best idea, particularly like 2am. But uh, yeah, that's a great place because it's usually quiet, um, always have snacks and Yeah, it's a good place to get work done.
1: Favorite activity to de-stress while on campus?
0: Uh, So I'm kind of a nerd, so I I really do like this uh, computer game called StarCraft. And there's a club here at MIT. And I mean, yeah, I've been playing the game since I was like four or five. So just every Friday or so, I just play with my friends for two hours, just relaxing. Yeah, it's good fun.
1: What's one piece of advice you'd give for students on campus who might want to start um, their own thing?
0: Yeah, so I, I think I, and this is, I'm, I'm in the process of starting something up. Uh, so I, this is advice that I've gotten from a lot of people at MIT, either they're uh, professors who focus in entrepreneurship or past alumni. And the common thing that they've all told me is, you can have a great idea, you can have a great technology, Um, and you can have a super team or whatever, and you'll still fail if you don't know what you're selling, why you're selling it and who needs it. And it's, you don't need a lot of money to start a company and start the work, but you just need to do it. Um, so like we're in the phase of just talking to people. Like we don't, we're not making, like we have the material made and we've published I think like five or six papers, we have patents in the field. Like we have all that stuff done, but right now we're not even worrying about that yet because what good is a product if you don't have anyone to buy it? Um, and especially in Silicon Valley, you see a lot of things like, um, I think there was like a juice, like a juicer that you just, you, you buy these pods and it makes you suppress juice and it sounds really cool, but no one bought it. Um, or like these stores where there's no one who works there. You just walk out and like, it's kind of weird. Like there's stuff like that, that like people think are a good idea, but no one actually talks to, to people to understand like, Hey, do you want this? Um, I think just doing that is pick up the phone, like just call people. Like I've called, I think five or six different companies just this week and just been like, Hey, uh, what, what's your problem? Like what, what do you need fixed? Like, is there a material that's giving you issues? Is it too expensive? Uh, not strong enough. Just, yeah. Like uh, even with a, tough tech startup it's uh it's a lot of just picking up the phone and talking to people
1: so we've been talking a lot about where NanoCap is headed but what are some of the next steps for you
0: uh so hopefully i will graduate and get into the master's program uh get that master's of engineering and then really just focus full-time on NanoCap. um i mean the great thing about mit is that we have such a great environment to test and develop materials uh and so, even though we're using a lot of research funding uh, to develop our research materials the the byproduct of this research uh, is what's really fueling the innovation for nanocap and I mean just working with MIT has been a pleasure because yeah they're like even though we can't make materials at, at MIT and sell them like we're we're doing a lot of the fundamental research here and working with some of the greatest minds in the world on synthesis of materials, manufacturing materials, and so on, is it's really been a pleasure.
1: Well, great, Miles, thank you so much for coming on the show today.
0: Yeah, it was a pleasure. Thanks for having me, I enjoyed it.
1: You've been listening to Founders Couch on WNBR Cambridge, a show about student entrepreneurs and their intrepid journeys of starting their own things. Now, I hope y'all enjoyed that episode. Thanks again, Miles, for coming on the couch. I'm excited to see where he goes with NanoCAP. To all you listeners, thank you so much for tuning in to this episode. If you've got any feedback, suggestions, questions, or existential thoughts, write me at cwat@mit.edu. Lastly, wherever you are listening, please make sure to subscribe, rate, and review. We're also on Spotify and iTunes. Next episode, Catherine will be talking to another student founder at Stanford. Please tune in to hear about another amazing entrepreneurial journey. I'm Chelsea Watanabe, and you've been listening to The Founder's Couch. Catch you next time, and see y'all soon.